Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and good afternoon, and welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. And today I have a wonderful guest on, one of the co-founders of the Change Book series, Jim Britt. So, Jim, welcome. I'm excited to chat with you for the next 30 minutes. Hey, thanks, Deb. It's, uh, it's great to be here. I feel I feel like Oprah interviewing the big movie star. I'm a little starstruck today, Jim, so forgive me if I'm a little shaky in my voice. So I'd like our listeners to know um, just what an incredible entrepreneur that you are, Jim. Jim is internationally a recognized leader in the field of peak performance and personal empowerment training. He's the author of 13 best-selling books, including Cracking the Rich Code, Cracking the Life Code, and my favorite, The Rings of Truth. He is the key facilitator for a wonderful seminar that I got to attend called The Power of Letting Go. And Jim has just presented so many seminars throughout the world sharing his principles on success and what he refers to as life-enhancing realizations, totaling over a million people from all walks of life. So, Jim, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here on our inaugural interview of the Changebook Radio Show, and I wondered if you could just share with the listeners where your vision came from alongside with Jim Lutz to create the Changebook series. Well, for me, you know, I've been in the personal development, personal empowerment field, uh, primarily in the seminar side of it for, and writing books for for the last 40 years. And, you know, I've always, uh, any any type of program or book that I write, I always think about the, the end result. I look at the, the reader or the listener or the person attending an event, and I'm always thinking, what are they going to get out of it, and how can I spread this to more people? Because I know that when you when you um, you affect a person's life in in a positive way, not only have you affected that person, but you've affected the people that that person is around. So, and and to, to maybe a lesser degree, and and then even those people that get affected. So it's kind of got a chain reaction. So it's not like you're affecting one person and that's it. But when the change book series. We looked at the at the fact that we would in each book have twenty co-authors, and and be affecting not only the lives of those co-authors, but all of the people that they touch and affect. And it's you know a chain reaction around the world. So that's our vision is to really take this book around the world as it already already is in almost twenty countries now, and and growing. So we're pretty excited about it and and the end result that it's that's going to happen as a result of this book over over years to come. Well, and I I remember when I had my original conversation with you and Jim and it's just it's just so powerful to not see but really feel and embrace the gratitude of your vision and to be part of it, like I was more than excited to be in book five, and I think we're up to book nine, but having that model of 20 authors in each book, so we're already at almost 200 authors, like you said, we're in over 22 countries, and just the relationships and friendships that I have uh, endured and enjoyed, and the collaboration of us having a voice and mentoring and coaching each other and having this big pool of experts in all different walks of life. How does that make you feel? 
Well, it actually, the, the bigger it gets, the better I feel, because it, I, I see that happening now with the collaboration taking place between the co-authors, and I, it's, just, uh, it's just amazing. And I look back at my own career, and I wish that I had something like that, you know, where you had 180, 200 almost now approaching um, like-minded uh, co-authors uh, in, you know, in the same field of business uh, generally, and to be able to share ideas, pick up ideas, uh, work with each other. Every time you're promoting a, a book, you're promoting really promoting the series as well. So you're helping other people, and it's I think it's a real win-win for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Now I know that you have been a success counselor for over 300 corporations worldwide, and I'm sure that number changes monthly. And I also know that you were recently named one of the world's top 20 success coaches. Could you share with our listeners how that made you feel to be honored within your industry? Well, it's always a, a, an honor to have something like that. I I don't, um, you know, I, I don't go out looking for that. I don't go out trying to win any honors. But when they come back, it makes you feel like you've really you've really done something and and worthwhile and and your message has gotten out there and you've affected a lot of people otherwise you wouldn't have gotten the the honor so it's always it's always an honor to 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 get something like that it's uh it's uh, pretty exciting actually well and i i think one of the biggest things uh for me jim when i when i think of you and and i've watched you speak is is you're just you're such an expert in your field and you're a very humble man and I, I always love seeing leaders that are, you know, uh, globe, globe uh, trekking, if you will, and, and making their footprint in the industry, and it's not for a reciprocal effect. And that was the biggest takeaway that I had from when I watched your Power of Letting Go seminar in April in California. And I liked what you said a couple of minutes ago is as we grow and evolve, and I do believe we, we are now number one on Amazon, which is just, I can't even put a word to that. I'm not surprised. But you said a couple of minutes ago, the bigger we get, it's, it's not how, I'm, how you're feeling as the facilitator, but how you're putting your mark or your education to bring out the best in all of the authors. And, and what feedback or what changes have you seen amongst the almost 200 authors that you've had a pleasure to talk with and, and watch them evolve? Well, a, a tremendous amount. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen uh, businesses uh, uh, put together by, uh, between co-authors. I've, there's a couple of them I know that are co-authoring books together. There's, um, uh, I can't remember the country now that they're in, but they've formed a corporation doing seminar production. Uh, there's um, uh, live events taking place. There's several co-authors that got together and is doing a tour around the United States with live seminars. Um, uh, there's webinars. There's podcasts. There's other co-authors that have radio shows, and I've seen the interviews take place there. So a lot of a lot of interaction, and really the the more the more that you participate, the more interaction you have. You know, I mean, it's 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 just getting together and putting yourself out there, introducing yourself, and somebody goes, "Wow, I like what you do," and then uh, you know it connects with somebody else, and pretty soon you got four or five people together doing similar things, and and everybody benefiting, profiting from it. So that's, and, and that's pretty pretty exciting. You know, when when I was one of the things that really influenced my career more than anything else. Uh, 
was uh, I was struggling with uh, initially with my my life and my business when I first started out and didn't know what direction to go. And somebody sat down with me and spent about an hour, hour and a half with me and uh, made a very profound statement uh, that that I didn't think too much of it at the time, but, but yet as I made progress, I saw more and more how that really worked, is that he said, you know, your success is not about you. It's about other people. He said, if you help other people, then your success is going to be automatic. It's, he said, it's good to have a vision of where you want to go and you know what you want to accomplish in your life. But he said, really, if you look at other people and always be thinking, what can I do to help that person or that reader or that you know seminar participant, um, he said, then your success will be automatic. So I've always had that philosophy. And, you know, it sure, it, I, th- I think it shines through in all of the co-authors, too, is I think a, a lot of them have that same philosophy of helping other people. And uh, as a result, you know, if you help 180 co-authors that we currently have, then you've got 180 of them helping you. So it's, uh, it's a real win-win when you really look at it. Oh, absolutely. Now, I want to talk about a topic that I know is one of your favorites to talk about. And I remember when you were speaking in The Power of Letting Go, you used a statistic that I wasn't surprised to hear. And you said that 50% of people are afraid of success. And is that coming from a fear-based position? Or what have you seen given, I mean, you've trained and come in contact with over a million people. So can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, you know, a lot of people are uh, afraid of success or they're afraid of failure also. But I I found through my uh, seminars and events that I've had over the years that that more people actually fear success than they do failure. And part of fearing success is breaking out of that comfort zone of where they are. And maybe maybe they've just been a, you know, living uh, with a mediocre income or a mediocre business and not really living the life that they want to live, but at the same time, they're comfortable living that life. You know, they live in that house, wherever it is, they, they, they do the same things, they have the routines that they go through, they get up in the morning to the alarm clock, whatever they go through every day, and they're comfortable with that. Even though they're, they're in some ways, and some people are miserable with it, but they're also comfortable with it, if that makes any sense. You could be miserable and comfortable, because it's easier sometimes to to do that than it is to break out of that comfort zone and do something that's a little uncomfortable for you. Um, and that's why people fear success, because they look at what what changes they're going to have to make uh, if they if they break free of that comfort zone and, and, and make a commitment to move forward and be successful. So it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, dilemma because we, we all, we're always weighing out that pain of staying where we are or pain of going where we want to go. And so often, if you just look around at society, so often people choose taking the pain of where they are versus the pain of going where they want to go. And, and, I've found that people will endure one of two pains in life always, and that's the pain of discipline, to go where you want to go, or the pain of regret when you get down toward the end of your life and look back and say, I wished I had it, but now maybe it's too late. So, um, you know, that that fear, uh, you know, fear is, it's a a made-up 
story that we have in our minds, whether it's fearing failure or fearing success. It's not real. Uh, you, you can make it real if you if you live it, but and it can run your life if you let it. Uh, but it's it's a made up story of some future event that's gonna that's gonna happen that hasn't happened that you're making up. You know, so it, I found it so much easier to make up a successful story and move toward it myself. And you've obviously lived that. I have. I I don't have a lot of fears. I'd probably have a fear if I had a bear chasing me or something like that. But as far as business and life and people, um, I I don't have any fear. And probably a lot of that was first business I started, I had to go out and talk to people every day. So I I talked to 10 people every day for my first year, which was over uh, at least 10 people. And it was over 3,650 people my first year. And I got 3,650 no's. So uh, that kind of taught me to handle rejection pretty pretty easily. So uh, people asked me, somebody asked me recently, he said, uh, what do you do about rejection? I said, I eat it for breakfast. <laughs> it doesn't bother me, you know. That would so, be a good uh, T-shirt, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> well, and I remember you saying in your Power of Letting Go, you know, very powerful statement that you just said, 3,650 reasons not to give up. So you certainly found your grit as an entrepreneur because you were passionate about what you wanted to do, what you believed in. And, you know, I know Jim Lutz talks about this a lot is you just, you can't have the emotion. You have to just keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now to, I know. Good to have, yeah. You got to have that vision of where you want to go. And sometimes the emotion can drive it. Uh, but if you let emotions just run your life, then you're, uh, you, know, it, you could end up uh, sadly mistaken about where you where you want to be. Oh, absolutely. Now, I know a little bit about your story and your upbringing. So did that young boy from Oklahoma that used to pick cotton, what did he want to be when he grew up? Uh, well, you know, my, my first goal was to pick 50 pounds in one day. So <laughs> cotton doesn't weigh very much. So uh, that was that was my uh, my grandfather used to kid me about that, you know. Uh, but I started picking cotton when I was six years old, and I'd have a little basket because I couldn't do much more than that. Then I graduated to a cotton sack, and a, pretty soon I'm dragging a big one behind me. But uh, I did that up until I was about oh, 14 or 15 years old. Um, but I, you know, I I didn't have a thought about where I wanted to go in life from that point forward. I was just trying to survive. I mean, our family yeah. had to have food to eat, and that's part of how we did it. We had to have clothes to go to school, and that's how that's how we earned the money for that in the fall of the year. So, you know, then I go from the from picking cotton to my next job, which was um, I had a couple of them in between the little minor things that I did: gathered eggs at a chicken ranch for a summer and worked on a construction uh, cleanup crew for, for a summer. Um, but uh, then, you know, I got married at a young age, and I started uh, working in a gas station pumping gas, and I, I never really thought about my future. And then I um, went from there. I knew I wanted something more, but I didn't know what. I had a desire to have more, but I didn't know what what that was or how to get it. And I went from there to the factory working on an assembly line for a, f- a couple of years and, you know, worked inside. And, and I was the number one employee out of 9,000 people. And um, I was doing the, the job based on my efficiency rating of 4.57 people. So they loved me. 
but um, I didn't get paid much more for that. So, but and, and I looked. I remember uh, talking to my uh, my supervisor, and I found out what he was earning. And my my thought was, really, that's it. <laughs> and and um, you know, I wasn't earning much. I was earning a dollar sixty seven an hour, and he was earning about two fifty. And I'm thinking, wow, that's where I'm going to go from here. But somebody introduced me to a business, and um, and I got I got started in that business. That's the one I talked to uh, all the people that first year, and uh, got a lot of experience. And and then um, you know went from there. As somebody, the fact the person that sat with me and told me to start looking out uh, for other people's interests and well-being, basically. That uh, and my business took off and. The end of the second year, I was just under earned just under a million dollars my second year in business. So it was um, that kind of got me on the road of where I because it it stretched my mind to the point where I couldn't go back. I couldn't look back and say, well, I I, I could never go back there. I could never work in the factory. I could never, you know, my mind just doesn't go there. They say, well, what happens if you lose all your money? And my my inst- instantly my thinking is, well, I'll figure out some other way to get it back. You know. <laughs> So yeah. I definitely wouldn't go backwards. So, you know. And I um, think, you know, when I listen to your story and I just, I can hear the heartfelt emotion, especially, you know, I think as a child when you were picking cotton in Oklahoma um, with your grandfather, it instilled such a strong work ethic in you. And then you couple that with your 3,650 no's, and is that not just a powerful level of resilience? Yeah, you know, I I did I learned the work ethic, picking cotton. I learned two things. One is that hard work doesn't get you anywhere. That alone, uh, and and secondly, that you do have to work hard. Uh, but hard work alone doesn't get you there. You got to work smart, but you got to put in. You got to have a work ethic, and and I always had that. Even at when I worked in the gas station, I worked ten hours a day, six days a week, no overtime, a dollar an hour. And I don't think I was ever late for work. And I always stayed a little later. Same thing in the factory. I was always there on time. And and I worked hard, even though I wasn't getting paid a lot. I still had that work ethic. And today, the same way. Nobody can outwork me. I just, you know, I'm, uh, if I say I'm going to do something, I get it done. And and that's just part of my upbringing. But, you know, I think I've got smarter as, I, as I've gotten older, too. So... You know, I don't have to work. Well, and I always, I always hard. love that old cliche, Jim. If you want something done, ask a busy person. Yep. That's, uh, that's you know, it. as a work-life balance specialist, I, I commend you for how busy you are and all the different projects that you have on because I know that your family time and your time with your wife and your grandchildren, I know that's important for you. And I think you set a good example to unplug from technology and, and, you, and you schedule all of those times every week and you don't let anything interfere with it. I do, you know, even with my uh, six sons as they were growing up, especially the last four, I had more involvement um, as you know their their soccer games and their baseball games and all of that. I don't I don't know if I ever missed one, and and I did a lot of traveling, but I kind of worked my schedule around things that they were doing, and I, you know it's very important. And you know, I built, when I built my home, I built an office right next to it. Uh, separate from the home, and when I when I leave here in the evening, you know, I toss my cell phone on the desk and walk out, and I don't I don't answer phones at night, and so it's you, you got to have that time. You got to you got to 
I don't mind working 12 hours in a day, you know, getting up at 4 in the morning and working until 4 or 5 in the afternoon, but uh, I'm not going to continue that through the night. So you got to break free. I might I might have to quote you on that, Jim. That's a it's a great strategy that I tell people and I think I think it's a mindset and almost a misunderstanding that people think that busy successful people don't disconnect and I think it's the direct opposite. I think that's why they've become successful because they know how to balance their life and their work. Yeah, totally, absolutely. I mean, I get people all the time so I texted you. How come you didn't text me back? Well, I, I didn't see your text because my phone was on my desk and I was in my home. So, yeah. You were probably making some great creation in your in your wood oven. Probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah, like, my wife and I do like to, to prepare nice meals, so it's fun. And that's, you know, that's just another element of, of balance and doing something with your couple time because I know you both like to cook. So, yep. Jim, what inspires you? Uh, you know, I'm inspired by life. I'm inspired by uh, uh, seeing people change and and grow in their lives and be being able to affect, you know, that change uh, or be the at least the entry point. Uh, I've been called a wake up call. I like I like being a wake up call where people go, wow, I never thought about that. And and to some degree, you've helped that person change their life, and that that's inspiring. I get inspired when I write a book because I, I know somebody's going to read it. Hopefully somebody reads it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm inspired by what I do. I'm inspired by life. I'm inspired by my family. And, you know, just um, I, I, I actually I don't. Somebody asked me, what do, you, uh, what do you do to keep yourself up? And I said, that's simple. I just don't get down. So I'm just inspired. Well, and I think just waking up every day and when our feet hitting the floor, if we start our mindset daily with gratitude that we have another day, there's no reason to be down, is there? No, there's not. Really not. I mean, are you going to have problems? Yes. Uh, you know, if you're if you're on this planet, you don't have a problem, you probably don't have a pulse. So uh, there's always problems to deal with, but it's how you deal with them. Uh, you know, you, Absolutely. Can, you can deal with them from looking at them negatively or you can deal with them looking at them as I need to resolve that because, I mean, if you want to make money in today's world, uh, the, the the only way to make money that I know of is to is to resolve a problem. You know, exactly. All of, all business is problem resolving. So your life is the same way. If you if you if you learn to let go of the things that's that's causing your problems in your in your life, you what's what's left is a is a happy life. You know, if you're letting go of what makes you unhappy, what's left is a happy life. You know, Absolutely. And, and as far as making money, it's so much easier to to be successful than it is to be broke. I mean, when you yeah. think about it, it, it's easier. And it's actually easier to make money than it is to uh, to struggle. But so many people choose the struggle instead. Well, and it's it's two of the things that you often talk about. Mental gymnastics, which is exactly what you're saying, and mm-hmm. two of your other favorite words is decide and create. Mm-hmm. Make a commitment, yeah, change your mindset, and quit talking about it. Like Jim says, get out from behind your computer and go talk to some people. Go shake some yeah, hands. Yeah, well, you know, when, uh, to, to create change in your life requires, first, uh, you have to desire change. And if you if you don't have a desire to change, then nothing's going to change. 
Um, and you've got to have a, a burning desire that creates enough passion that moves you to that uh, that decision-making process. And, and then once you decide what it is you want to do, whether it's losing weight or making money or, you know, having a better life, whatever it is, once that decision is made, that creates the mindset and that determines how you show up to the world and it determines how the world shows up for you. And, and however the world's showing up for you it simply means that's how you're showing up for the world. And if you want to change how the world shows up for you, change how you show up for the world and things will happen. Uh, most people try to figure things out before they decide, and you've got to make the decision before you can figure it out because you don't know what to figure out until you make the decision. Now, if you want to be wealthy, that's where it starts. Make a decision to do that and then figure out how to do it. You know, but most people are looking at, well, I've got to figure it out first before I decide. Uh, that doesn't work. No, and that's and I've heard many successful people say that. Mm-hmm. So I, um, we have about five minutes left, so a couple of things. First of all, I want to let you know that I think the phone call from you and Jim was one of the uh, most incredible things that could have happened to me, and I know all the other authors feel the same. So that's a collaborative uh, sense of gratitude and love to, to you and Jim for uh, bringing us in this large collaborative book series that's going to continue to grow and, and I firmly believe has changed and will continue to change and transform people's lives. And um, I can honestly say as well, it's it's an honor and a privilege to work with you and also to call you my friend because that's how you make all of us authors feel, whether we're on the phone with you or you know we get to see you at an event it's just the amount of people that you know and you always remember people's names or you remember an infinite detail about them. And and I truly think that's a social gift that a lot of people have. So I want to just take the last few minutes and I found one of your quotes that I really like and I actually have it taped up on my monitor. So I'd like to read it to the listeners and I'd really love for you to just give us the true meaning of it. Okay. So this is one of Jim's quotes. Waking up to who you are requires letting go of who you imagine yourself to be. So, Jim, can you just tell us a little bit, uh, we've got a couple minutes left, of where this quote came from and what your clear message is. Well, the, the message is that, um, you, you know, we're, we're not who we think, uh, who we believe we are. We, we have experiences in our lives, and with those experiences, we always attach a feeling to it, good or bad. And if we have a series of, you know, not so positive experiences, we attach feelings to those. And if they're repeated over uh, many, many times, then we start to believe that that's the way, we start to believe that that's who we are. We start to think in those terms that maybe I'm not, uh, you know, the the person I think I am or, you know, maybe you're, maybe somebody, a peer group or a parent or a bully or some, you know, put you down and you start to feel and think, well, maybe that's who I am. So you... Uh, and then you, when you start to think that's who you are, you start to believe that that's who you are, and uh, and whoever you believe you are will be will determine the actions you take in your life, and the actions you take or the behaviors you have will determine the result that you produce, and we're all caught in this addictive cycle of 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 what I just went through there of experience, feeling, thinking, belief, behavior, result. And 
and we we develop this persona that we're we're something that we're not you know whether it's ego or whether it's uh you know lack of confidence or whatever it is we we develop that over time so letting go of 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 who you imagine yourself to be is the only way to get to who you really are if that makes Absolutely. sense you got so I mean, you got to let yeah. go of the things that aren't real and the only way to break into that cycle really is through self observation really Start to observe yourself from a higher level, uh, not not self awareness. You can be aware aware that you're, you know, lack confidence, but right. stop for a minute and back away from it and look at yourself and observe uh, why you feel that way. Uh, is it really true? Who taught you that? What if it's not true? You see, a belief is something we've decided is true. It's really not true. A belief, all beliefs are false. It's only right. true to the person that decided it. So. Uh, take a look at those beliefs that you have and start to to see them for what they really are and and break away from who you imagine yourself to be so powerful jim it's it's been an absolute delight to share the last half hour with you and again, I just want to say on behalf of myself and the other hundred and seventy nine and growing uh, <laughs> thank you for your vision thank you for the change book series. And we look forward to the future. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And join us next week on the Changebook Radio Show.